What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukesia Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, AJ Johnson. It is a beautiful October 25th morning here in the city. We've got a fantasy drive episode coming your way, recapping all the action from week seven in the fantasy world, as well as recapping the Monday night football game last night uh, between the Chicago Bears and the New England Patriots. Gentlemen, let's start right there and go inside the matchup for Monday night football. Yes, we had a little bit more of an exciting game on primetime last night. It was the Bears taking down the New England Patriots 33-14. to Everything that we thought would happen pretty much happened uh, in the sense of Bailey Zappi came in and filled the shoes of uh, Mac Jones, came in and replaced Mac Jones in the second quarter and didn't look back, although Bill Belichick lied to everybody and said we would see Mac Jones again and they would split time in the second half. That was not true. Aaron, what was your assessment of Bailey Zappi in this tough loss for the Patriots? Yeah, it started great, didn't it? Uh, we we all got excited. We were we were live on uh, on our little Sac City cast, and uh, we were excited. He came in, came through a touchdown pass, um, got them down in the red zone again, scored another touchdown with Andre Stevenson. Uh, but unfortunately, in the end, it was just the too many turnovers. Tip balls at the line of scrimmage. You had brought up the Baker Mayfield comparison, him being a little bit of a smaller quarterback. A lot of balls getting batted down at the line of scrimmage. Um, finished off 14-22, 185, a tutty, and then the, the two picks, uh, both really on batted balls. Um, it, it was, it, you know, it, it, was, it was what it was. I, I told people about this Bears pass defense, but Bailey Zappi didn't look his best after those first two drives. There, was, there were things that he could have done better. You saw the arm talent, but just uh, some of the decision-making, not being able to get outside of the pocket and make throws um, obviously was an issue. I think the bigger issue here is where does New England go from here at the quarterback position? Is it Mac Jones? Is it Bailey Zappi? Do they really have a number one? Are we concerned about them going forward? And uh I think those are questions that Belichick's going to have to answer. Yeah, it's going to be a tough week uh, during the press conferences for the New England Patriots, not just for Belichick, but also Mac Jones um, and Bailey Zappi throughout the week. It's going to be it's going to be tough. The Bears, though, get their win. They move to three and four. Same record as the Packers. We talked about it uh, during, during our live stream. They, they're at three and four. Not so bad of a record right now, but uh, and it was a better performance all around from this offense. Justin Fields. Uh, still not throwing a whole lot. I mean, he had 21 pass attempts. That's a whole lot more than the 12 he's, he's had in prior games. Um, but 13 of 21, 179 yards to the air, a tutty and an interception on the ground. He was productive as well. 14 carries, 82 yards in the touchdown. AJ, what'd you see from this Bears offense that kind of maybe stood out to you? Honestly, it was the first time Justin Fields looked comfortable behind that line. Uh, you know, I always talk about his uh his prowess and being able to escape the pocket tonight. It's, it's kind of looked like his decisions were quick. You know, if he had a throw, he was making it. If he knew he had to get out of the pocket, he was getting out. There was a lot of, a lot of uh, situations where it looked like he was going to get that pocket collapse and just impressive the way he's able to get out of some of those sacks and turn them into uh, positive gains. And a lot of times to make first down. So uh, they, they kind of were prepared 
to counteract what Bill Belichick was going to do. We, we talk about it all the time. Belichick comes in. What's your strong point? We're going to stop that. That would have been the run. And they found a way to get Justin Fields involved. Uh, David Montgomery went for 62 yards. Khalil Herbert went for 62 yards. They were running the ball just about all over the field, and it was the way they were able to win. And kicking field goals at that point. They didn't have to punch in everything into the end zone. They were able to move the ball, get into field goal range, put up three points, and the defense for the Patriots – just weren't there tonight. Just wasn't there. Are we going to overlook the fact that AJ is looks like he's sitting in the bedroom from the movie Paranormal Activity? Like, no, what, what is going on there? there? What is going on there? That's why. That's why I asked. Different. That's why I asked earlier. I was like, "Where, where are you at?" Because like. It looks so, like you are uh, in a normal, normally I sit up in uh you know the front room of my parents' house when I'm here, but uh there were people here earlier and then there's a loud TV next. I couldn't stay out there, so had to go to the room where I'm staying and you know, I, I was like if if Aaron can pull up in a in a parking garage or you know hey, I feel that in the morning in the in the bed, I was like, I got no excuse. So we go. You're right, you're right, you're right. What damn that was gonna be a great he was question. About to ask a question. I was excited. He's what, gonna come back and re-ask it. What I was most interested, what I was most interested in this game. I wasn't asking a question. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is interesting that the Bears ran for 243 yards in this game. And this is what I was cr- I'm crying. I was basically pleading with the Cleveland Browns to do this last week against New England which is go in there and run the football because they can be had. This is a defense that wants you to do what they want you to do. And we talk about Belichick taking away your best thing. They, Belichick knew what the Bears wanted to do. He knew that they wanted to run the football. It just didn't matter. And then you talk about um, Justin – I forget his name – Justin Fields <laughs> only throwing the ball 21 times. Well, actually, much of those were scramble plays. So I would probably say at least – nine or eight or nine of his carries came on him dropping back to pass. I think he dropped back to pass like 30, almost 30 times, but he ended up scrambling and running on those particular downs. So I think they actually did allow him to open up the offense a little bit more today, which was a good thing because you saw him make some throws at some timing, at some timing precision passes that we have been asking to see. And I think we finally got to see that today. Are there still issues? Yes. Can they still have uh, some help up front that they need? Yes, absolutely. Offensive line still atrocious, but I saw I, I saw some things that were positive signs in the favor of Chicago, and then obviously being able to create four turnovers defensively, it's always going to be a recipe for success. Yeah, we talk about the the Patriots defense. They kind of always they find Bill Belichick knows how to find your weakness on offense and exploit that uh, and take advantage of that. And in this game, and one of the reasons why I, I leaned towards um, AJ, your streamer of the week for uh, defense in the Patriots, is that Bill Belichick always his defense have been known to handle young quarterbacks very well. Uh, obviously Justin Fields, not a rookie anymore, but he's been able to take care of and neutralize rookie quarterbacks and young quarterbacks. And Justin Fields had a, had a, had a good day uh, on the ground yeah. and through the air. He had a, he had a, a more productive day than what we've seen early on in the season. And like you said, Aaron, the run, the rushing attack was huge. 62 yards for David Montgomery, 62 yards for Khalil Herbert, 82 yards for Justin Fields. And two touchdowns spread out from Justin Fields and David Montgomery here. This is a this is a good win for Matt Eberflus and the uh, Chicago Bears as they move on to three and four, and the Patriots also move on to three and four. That does it for our Monday Night Football recap. Let's get in to a little morning headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? 
And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's time for some morning headlines, and uh, we got to leave things off with a little trade skis that happened last night between the New York Jets and the uh, the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars send James Robinson to the Jets in exchange for a sixth round pick that could become a fifth round pick if James Robinson is to hit 600 total yards on the season. He's 260 yards away. Uh, Aaron, what does this move mean for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, obviously they, they're moving forward with Travis Etienne. Um, we've kind of seen this kind of happening over the past couple of weeks. We talked about the more in, the involvement of Travis Etienne, getting more and more touches, being on the field more than he had been before. Um, it's obviously what they wanted to do. He's the more explosive, dynamic player. Um, I worry about the depth. I mentioned this a little bit earlier on. I, I worry about the depth at the position, knowing that Travis Etienne has a ton of miles on him in college. And then now you, he's coming off of a foot injury last year. You worry about that injury maybe creeping up if he's getting the heavy work volume. But in the end, Doug Peterson wants to throw the football, and that's what he does. It's what his his identity is. Trevor Lawrence is a, quote, franchise quarterback. So that's where they want to lean heavily anyway is throwing the football, use that short passing game to do it. And I think Travis Etienne is kind of their focal point of that. So um, I, I think this is just a philosophy difference between what James Robinson brings to a team, which is that kind of pound it up in there, get you four yards of carry, and kind of just grind it out versus what the Jacksonville Jaguars want to be. And that's a more versatile, explosive offense. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I get it for James Robinson. I guess if you want to go on the personal side of things, uh, it's great time for the Jets. I said earlier, uh, the Jets, you know, their front office is doing what it takes. They're in a good spot in the season right now. Uh, winning record that one a lot of people didn't see coming. And they want to stay that way. And running the ball has been a good part of that. You look at what James Robinson did at the first part of the season, the first few games, he was nice. He was back to his old James Robinson self, the undrafted rookie who put up a thousand yards that we all love to see. Uh, and they're hoping that that can stay, uh, especially playing off of a Michael Carter. I, I wonder, I wonder if, you know, they made this trade from Jacksonville on the side of things just to get ahead of any, any media narrative or any, James Robinson maybe not being happy with his uh, new role in the Jacksonville offense after being told he'd be the number one guy and it looks like he just keeps falling on the depth chart. I'm sure more may come out from that later, but uh, you know that's just that's just something that I've kind of felt like uh, is is a part of the part of the equation here. Whether I'm right or wrong, it's it's a speculation for sure. But uh, that's kind of where I'm sitting with it. So, but I think the Jets are doing a great job with their front office, and hopefully this will work out for them in the long run and. As we mentioned, there's not a lot of commitment to James Robinson if it doesn't work out. Let's talk about it from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, we're talking, this is the fantasy drive, and we're going to talk more fantasy in a little bit. Uh, but let's talk the fantasy outlook for James Robinson, Travis Etienne, and Michael Carter. Who's impacted the most out of this entire uh, trade, Aaron? Um, I, I want to say it's Travis Etienne as far as the most because – I think there's no worries now. I don't think there's any worries of anybody taking any carries away from him. You'll get spelled by Jermichael Hasty, um, but for the most part, excuse me, I'm learning out of breath today. Um, for the most part, you're going to see Travis Etienne get the bulk of the work. So passing game, running game, all of those things. I think he's the biggest impact uh, player that comes out of this. The one you look at, and you say, okay, he's going to have the biggest upside or value change as a result of it. I don't think there's much value change here for Michael Carter. I still think he splits time. Maybe he gets a little bit of uptick 
in, in touches uh, because he knows the offense already. And then James Robinson, I kind of think he is what he is. I think he's still going to be what he was kind of those first couple weeks of the season, minus the touchdown. You know, obviously, if you include touchdown regression, which is, you know, eight to 10 carries, 10 to 12 carries, 40 to 60 yards, 70 yards, somewhere around in there, uh, but not a whole lot of work in the passing game. Um, and let, I mean, again, I, I guess that would be the only thing I would maybe wonder about that I'm unsure about. Does James Robinson get the same amount of targets ran uh, that Brees Hall was getting? Because that was something that Brees Hall got value. And we've known James Robinson to be able to do it, Not maybe not at that explosive level, but he has been able to go out and catch passes. So does he get that or do they just lean solely on Michael Carter in the passing game? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking think it's that... gonna. I, I'm I'm kind of thinking it's gonna be like it was in the beginning of the season with, with kind of starting back over with how they eased Brees Hall in. So Michael Carter will probably go back to about sixty percent of the snaps to start here, and then it may be wait for James Robinson to see if he can get the hot hand. And once he shows that he knows the playbook, can be a workhorse, and can can be efficient because we did see that drop a little bit, and it might have been because of how much uh, Travis Etienne was getting run, but. But once he shows that, you might see Michael Carter start to slip down a little bit, uh, get back in the passing game and the goal line work. But James Robinson's also a pretty decent uh, goal line back as well. But I would imagine Michael Carter will get his carries back up to start, and we'll see where James Robinson eases in. Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest concern and the biggest the most interesting factor in all this, I think it's I think it's clear when you talk about Travis Etienne's workload, it's, it's clear as day. It's his backfield now. Um, Tra- Michael Hasty is not not uh, threatening him at all whatsoever in, in touches. Uh, but it's now how do the Jets handle the workload between James Robinson and Michael Carter? Uh, we will stay on top of that in the fantasy world as well as the real life world uh, throughout the rest of the season. One other bit of news that came from the NFL yesterday uh, is the Indianapolis Colts have announced that they will be going with Sam Ellinger uh, as their starting quarterback over Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has been, it has been reported that he is going through a grade two uh, shoulder sprain, uh, which could, which will definitely sideline him this week. But Frank Wright has come out and said that Sam Ellinger is going to be the quarter. The plan is to have uh, Ellinger as the starting quarterback for the remainder of the season. Aaron, are you buying the the comments from the Colts head coach? Um, I'm, I'm buying the comments that he is saying, this is what we're doing. I don't know why he would get up there and say, we're starting somebody and then not start him. Uh, I'm not buying this whole situation though. No, absolutely not. I think this is a, I think this is a conversation that has to be had. I don't think that Matt Ryan is getting benched and I know that's the report. And I know that's what everybody's talking and saying and that, oh, we were going to make this move anyway. That's, that's nice. You can say that after the fact, but there's a sneaky suspicion of mine that says that he's injured maybe beyond being able to throw the football this year. Um, and he's, at some point in time, you're going to see Matt Ryan is now out and having shoulder surgery or something like that. Um, it's not just that they benched him. It's that they said, Nick Foles, if they said that Nick Foles is also then going to be the backup. That's also strange because it's Nick Foles. Um, so which means you go from top of the depth chart, to bottom of the depth chart after winning three or four games uh, before losing to the Tennessee Titans this past weekend. And yeah, he hasn't played well. We've all said that, but it's just, uh, it's too sneaky. It's too, it's, it's suspicious. That's all I'm going to say. A week ago, they were talking about how great he is as a leader and uh, of, of the team. And they're so excited to have him there. And, and then you lose and now it's not. Um, and then also you got to account for the contract situation. I'm sorry. 
Yeah. Not many teams in this league I've watched sit a $50 million, $50 million quarterback and just bench him, especially one with yeah. the resume of a Matt Ryan. So uh, there's something else there. And I'm not, again, I don't know for certain, but my suspicion is that there's something more to this story than is being told at this point. Yeah, this will be Frank Reich's seventh uh, seventh quarterback um, since he got the job in Indianapolis in 2018. His seventh quarterback, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and now Sam Ellinger. But you know what's funny about all of those guys that you, you were just naming outside of maybe the Sam Ellinger? Like, can we stop getting these outcasted <laughs> veterans that that have been failures other places or – beyond their prime like go get you a franchise guy draft one yeah yeah maybe <laughs> maybe sam ellinger's the yeah. maybe <laughs> yeah. it's sam ellinger <laughs> the ricky from texas slinging it around um yeah i have what one is... question i i yeah if go ahead if it's the injury why not come out and hide behind the injury then like why not just say we're going to start Sam Ellinger. Matt Ryan's injured right now. And then that way, if this was your plan and Sam Ellinger shows that he can do it, well, then it's like we're going to keep him for the rest of the season. Well, the, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And that's a valid question. It's a very valid question. Something just isn't right. Like, I, I think the, I think it the has money to... is bothering me. The money is bothering yeah. me. I, I think it's more of, and I know he's frozen. He's going to come back hot and go from I there. Mean, they, so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating. I don't know how AJ survived all this. I'm telling you, next next week I'm going to get my, I'm buying my adapter and this thing will be plugged into my internet router and hopefully that fixes the problem because I can't do this in the open. But I, there's some, the money is bothering me. $50 million and it's not like Matt Ryan had been losing and they hadn't won. If they were 0-7, 0-6, we might be having this conversation. But they're in the middle of the pack like every other damn team. Yeah. With the hurt Jonathan something... Taylor. Okay, okay. But but if if they weren't tied for last in sacks, if they weren't last in turnovers, if he wasn't fumbling the ball so much, maybe they're not 3-4 and four and tied with everybody else. Maybe they're firmly in hold of that AFC South and, and trending. Like, I get it, they're winning, but I mean, at the same time, two weeks ago, we wanted to have this conversation about Mariota because he was turning the ball over and he's not there. This is two Literally. different situations. Yeah, though. the Mariota thing is much the Colts, different. The, the Mariota is a stopgap for a team that is looking to yes. build for the future. The Colts yeah. were in yes. win-now mode. And now all of a sudden, you go to a rookie, a younger guy That's... who has done nothing, shown nothing, and yet, so unless, unless there's something in practice that they're like, man, and I heard reports that teams have been interested in Sam Ellinger and that he's yeah. shown a lot in, in camp and in practice. But if, if that's the case, then why did you, why did we have to wait for this to happen after the Tennessee yeah. game? Like it should have been when they were zero and three or tied Houston. Like, I don't know. I, it's just a weird timing for this entire situation. I, feel I like just think it's more of a, a, to me, I get your suspicion. I think this is more on the side of Frank Reich trying to save his job. And I know that Sam Ellinger has not done anything to – Is it? I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong, by the way. I keep saying Ellinger, and it's Ellinger. Is it Ellinger? I think it's Ellinger. Ellinger. It's Ellinger. Yeah. So it's so it's so, – but I think it's a Frank Reich thing of trying to save his job, making it seem like, okay, 
I see that we're not living up to, up to expectations and we have to do a change. And I'm going to try and make that change and show you that, hey, because if this works out, he looks like a genius and stays another year. But if he would have continued with Matt Ryan and they would have gone down this mediocre average the rest of the season, then he's fired I think either he's way. Gone no matter- but that, that's the thing. I think this is a last-ditch effort to try and, and say and try and do something wow. to try and save his job. That's where I, I think I, that, I actually though, agree with that based on what he said, especially with the comments yeah. he said. You know, me and Matt Ryan spoke and it said, you know, ultimately it comes down to coach's job is wins and losses. And but it the timing of it is the problem I have because either way, at the end of the year, he's gone. Because if they don't, if they don't win with Matt Ryan. I'm sorry. They're damn sure not going to win with Sam Ellinger. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and I think the same would the same conversation would have applied with either quarterback. If you wanted to win, you should have put in the Super Bowl winning quarterback and Nick Foles. Hey, hey, that 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 man, that man, is something special. Kidding. Uh, AJ, real real quick, very quick. Um, fantasy impact on Ellinger being the quarterback. Now you got guys like Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, holding very high fantasy value. Uh, what does this yeah. do for their them rest of season? I think I think Jonathan Taylor, you know, I, I want to say you see an uptick with him, but really the problem hasn't been just Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this offensive line hasn't been great. They're ranked 30th in rushing. I mean, you can look at the way he was catching uh, passes yesterday, uh, on Sunday, you know, eight targets, seven receptions. You'd like to imagine that a young quarterback like Sam Ellinger will use his checkdowns. But more often than not, they throw the ball sporadically. You got two talented guys in Michael Pittman and Sam Ellinger. It's on Frank Reich to make sure uh, they find ways to get those guys the ball and run that offense through them. And sad to say, I was excited for my boy Alec Pierce, and now I don't know if you're going to be able to sustain yeah. this much of a this much of a run. So uh, yeah. hopefully, I'm wrong about that. Hope, who knows? Maybe the secret sauce is uh, is potent, and this man comes out and Texas slings it all <laughs> over the field. So. As a as a Michael Pittman owner, I am concerned. Uh, interested, the cliche. Interested to see what happens uh, from his standpoint. Um, but maybe this is a situation that we talk about all the time. Where, okay, new quarterback in. Let's change the system up and try and simplify things. And they end up yeah. doing well because of it. So and 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 they I go just, back to their roots of giving Jonathan Taylor the rock a bunch of times, and they they win games that way. Just don't I don't know. This guy was never that impressive to me. Like even in in college, like I get it. He had some potential. You're baffled by this move. You're baffled by this. I, I have. Thing. I, I am. I had they come out well, and said, "Hey, Nick Foles is going to start." I probably would have been like, well, "Yeah, maybe they're trying." To, but with going to the rookie now, or the the yeah, it's just weird. It's weird. We'll, it's weird. We'll let you. We'll, we'll let you <laughs> stew on it for the next few days, and then we can reassess this on Friday when we uh when we preview the Colts Texans game. Um, that's who they. I don't know if they play. I think they play the Commanders. I might be wrong. They play um, the Commanders. They play the Commanders. Yeah, I was trying to remember which one it was. The Titans play the Texans. I'm trying to get my AFC South teams correct, but we'll <laughs> talk more about that and the, what it means for the Colts moving forward uh, when we preview their game in Week Eight. Let's get into uh, an injury report before we dive into some fantasy talk. Hey, it's time for that wonderful injury report. We're going to keep this short and sweet because we touched on a lot of them yesterday. Um, not too much too much information, but a little bit of more information we have out there. Uh, Dallas Cowboys cornerback Jordan Lewis is uh, out for the year with that foot injury. Um, 
I've seen it happen. It was right at the end of the game, obviously. He gets the interception, and uh, then he's, you know, hurt. So uh, they'll miss him. He's a really good slot uh, slot nickelback um, that's kind of underrated in the NFL. So um, it's a big loss for Dallas. They'll have to kind of figure out if they're going to be Kelvin Joseph or how they want to kind of fill that void. Uh, we talked about J.C. Jackson earlier. He signed that contract uh, five, year, five years, $82 million and a half. This offseason, he is out for the year. Patella just, or Patella, his kneecap just fell off the bone. I mean, there's no more kneecap. Like, it's gone. Like, it fell off. You ever seen the movie uh, Mr. Deeds when he moves his knee all the way over here? Oh. Yeah, that's, J- <laughs> that's J.C. Jackson's knee. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, it's not funny, but that that's uh, unfortunate. For, he goes, it's not, after, after making the Mr. Deeds joke, he goes, it's not funny, though. <laughs> no, I mean, Mr. Deeds is funny, but not J.C. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Anyways, uh, we talked about Brees Hall and the impact of losing him. Obviously, ACL injury. The thing you look at now is how long of a recovery is that? Is it a nine-month one? Is it a 12-month one? Is he back week one? Is he back, you know, middle of the season next year? That could be something to watch as well. Um some of those the big injuries we talked about mike williams suffering that high ankle sprain he will miss some time dk metcalf carted off did something to his knee it looks like it's some patellar injury but the fact of the matter is is he will not need surgery they think it's good good news for him so going forward uh always in the injury report always in the injury report. Well, always in everything he's now here and that's uh david and joku who who uh, unfortunately got hurt in that game after he was having a really good game, got hurt, hurt his ankle, and he will miss some time for the Browns. So we'll have definitely more information on some of these injuries as we move throughout the week because we'll find out if people are going to play next week or not. Um, so stay tuned for Wednesday and the practice reports and all that. Blah, blah. Did I did I miss your – did you bring up Elijah Vera Tucker? Did I miss that? I did that yesterday. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because that's a big thing for the fantasy impact for uh, James Robinson as well moving forward. Um, but all right, that, that does it for the injury report. Let's get into our fantasy, uh, our week seven fantasy recap and discuss a little winners and losers from week seven. Uh, AJ, I'll start with you. We'll start with the winners here. Oh, fuck me. Uh, oh. The biggest winners from week oh, seven. Uh, what did you of do? Fantasy football. Uh, you the graphic. I made all the. No, it's fine. I don't give a shit. Uh, AJ, biggest winners from week seven. <laughs> uh, well, first off, uh, I'm, I mean, I've been doing this a little bit. Uh, if you are an Austin Eckler owner, what Austin Eckler has been able to do this offense, even in a loss, it seems like this is him all day, every day, uh, especially now you would think with Keenan Allen coming back next to Mike Williams, maybe he was going to lose something, but now sadly Mike Williams goes down. He's probably going to miss some time. So Austin Eckler's volume is going to kind of stay in the same spot. Uh, I look for him to keep taking targets in. I mean, 12 for 12 last week, just amazing on what he's able to do. Hopefully we can get some more nine for nine and 10 for tens coming up here. Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler owners, huge, huge winners. Love it. Love to see it. Glad I have him. Wish I had him in another league, but I traded him for the first pick for Jonathan Taylor. And uh, how's that working out for me? Oh, go on. <laughs> Aaron, what about you? Biggest winner from this week? Um, my biggest winner is Joe Burr. Joe Burr. It's Joe Burrow, smoking Joe. Um, listen, Joe Burrow is, I- I've been hard on him, but from a fantasy perspective, number three quarterback. Since that week one where he threw four picks, the man has 17 touchdowns, I think, six, nine, 13 touchdowns to one pick. 
He's a he's he's a top five quarterback. He's the top five quarterback in fantasy. He's using his legs. He's got three rushing touchdowns over the past three weeks. He's not turning the football over. The offensive line is playing well. Joper, uh, it's he's he's playing well. He's playing like a top five quarterback. He is my biggest fantasy winner uh, for a guy that was probably drafted in the middle to late rounds there for quarterbacks. And uh, you got yourself a, a gem so far. The sweet spot of quarterbacks that he was drafted, right? In that little sweet spot. Uh, AJ, what about losers? Your biggest loser from week seven fantasy football? Romeo can't say dubs because it, it's it's starting to become a trend. It's not just, I mean, we, we saw that eight for eight in week three against Tampa Bay and everyone's like, all right, he's arrived. Aaron Rodgers has found his guy. And week after week, you start seeing drops. You start seeing he's not ready. You start seeing, <laughs> you start seeing missed routes, things of that nature. Aaron's very excited because he was quote unquote correct. Uh, however, <laughs> the breaks yeah, uh, on these breakout players. Hey, man, you know, they gave, but here's the thing they gave him the opportunity. And to me, that's why he's a big loser this week because he was not only was he given the opportunity, he was given the opportunity repeatedly and he hasn't been able to come up to it. So, uh, I mean, he's now just going to be way too hard to trust. You're looking at him against Buffalo next week. I mean, you hopefully you have a buy him again in week nine when he goes against Detroit. And that's the only reason you'll even think about starting him. And even then, you're worried. So, uh, Romeo, opposite of dubs for me. Romeo flubs. Yeah, there you go. Great one. There you go. I got you. Right. I got you. Aaron, Aaron, what about you? What's your uh, who's your biggest loser for from the fantasy week? Um, you know, I wanted to say you until Justin Fields took the knee. Um, so I couldn't because I thought you were gonna lose that one. I'll be honest. Yeah, we were clouded, bro. We were clouded. We, we were we were we were kind of I mean, we were kind of making fun of making fun of you. Um we, we thought you were going to lose, and it, it ended up not working out that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm remember sorry. you were trying to make fun of me about the – Yeah, I remember you were trying to make fun of me about the 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 superstition and all of this, and you're like, oh, you won, but you didn't. I didn't want to say mm-hmm. I won yet because anything could happen. It almost ha- – the, the anything almost happened. So, But it didn't, so you, anyway, I guess you're right again. You could take that victory lap. Yeah, I love victory <laughs> laps. Um, it, was, it was Leonard Fournette. Um, just, just awful. Awful, awful, awful game against Carolina. I believe he finished with five points or something like that. Um, yep. eight, eight carries, 19 yards, only caught. We, he's been getting most of his value in the passing game. He only had two catches, I believe, on three targets, uh, just seven yards. It's I'm, – I'm almost to the point, and this is going to – I'm almost to the point. If you don't have Rashad White already – he should already be on rosters. I haven't even checked his percentage. But he should be on rosters. I believe he's probably more than 50% on. If not, maybe he should have been in my waiver wire column. Go get him now. Well, you already broke your your, your waiver wire column is broken. You broke two rules on your waiver wire this week. <laughs> I, know, I know what two I did. Rules. Uh, when I, when I, two my own rules. I can break my own rules. But anyways. percent of sleeper leagues. So um, you might want to think about going and getting Rashad White because there's going to come a point in time and we there maybe Tampa Bay says, you know what, let's move the, the younger guy in and get more snaps. He played 43% of the snaps yesterday. He's been sitting around 30% for most of the year. Played 43, got six carries, um, two targets. They they have to get rid of the ball quickly. There's no offensive line. Just somebody to pay attention to and watch and monitor as we move throughout the year. Very much could be a, a situation where you find him getting more and more playing time. 
but it's Leonard Fournette. All right, Leonard Fournette, uh, a big loser here. Let's stay in the sunshine state. I'm going to give you some buy or sell candidates uh, in terms of fantasy production and where we're at uh, as a whole with um, with whether we think that their production is going to continue at where it's at or um, or change and go up or down. Chase Edmonds, uh, one carry, seven yards, no receptions, two targets uh, in Miami's win over Pittsburgh. Uh, Chase Edmonds, is this are we is, are we done with Chase Edmonds? If if it wasn't for Raheem Mostert's history, I would say drop him. Uh, but I think that if he if Raheem Mostert got hurt, that would be one of the better handcuffs to have. So roster him, never start him, never start him. I can agree with that statement. All right, AJ Dillon, one carry, four yards, no targets at all. Uh, you know, a lot of the conversation around the Green Bay Packers this week was if it couldn't happen last week, it's just not going to happen. Uh, and it's getting increasingly easier to believe that. It's, it's, I want to say it's really hard to drop him. I don't know that I could, but I can't, I definitely can't start him. He, 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 he's right there on the droppable edge. He's on that ledge. If it just a couple rocks fall off, he's going with it. He's frozen. Or angry, <laughs> just depressed. Sell if you can sell AJ Dillon. I, I'd probably hold. I'd hold AJ Dillon until he scores two touchdowns and has fifty yards, and try to sell him. Uh, other than that, you're just stuck with him. Can't two start the him. last three weeks. He's played thirty-two and thirty percent of the snaps. That's not the issue for AJ Dillon though, because that's that he can play thirty percent of the snaps and still be an effective flex. Uh, his value comes with the Packers being in the red zone and scoring touchdowns and, and getting one or two catches and then 40 to 50 yards rushing. He's never going to be Aaron Jones-esque when it comes yeah. to those big games, but they're not getting enough opportunities in the red zone. They're not running the ball effectively enough, which in turn means Aaron Jones has to be on the field because they're always playing from behind and they have to throw the ball to somebody. So um, I, that would be my concern. I have huge concerns about A.J. Dillon, but – there's not much you can do. You can't drop them. You drop them. Somebody else is going to scoop them up. And if the Packers offense gets right, you're going to be kicking yourself in the, in the nuts. <laughs> so the you hold, yeah, you, you hold <laughs> and you hope for a good day. And then you try to sell them for, you know, medium tier value. Especially when you're screwed okay. with, when you're screwed with buys, is he one of the bi-week casualties? I'm not a fan. I, I I think I could find somebody else to drop because you got to remember again one of the better handcuffs in the NFL. Aaron Aaron Jones go down, he has tremendous value no matter what. So uh, I'm probably holding and trying to get rid of somewhere else. All right, all right. Well, that does it for our buy or sell. That does it for our week seven takeaways. Let's move on and shift gears to our week eight. Outlook here. We've got waiver wire ads and we've got our rankings. We're doing something new here, ladies and gentlemen. We're kind of changing things up. We're going to have our rankings on Tuesdays uh, and our Sunday shows will now feature a little start sit actions. And we're going to give you guys our, our starts of the week, our sits of the week on those Sundays. Oh, and Vinny is gone. So I will address the question that's in the chat. <laughs> Since we're having a struggle mode over there. Uh, you okay, Vinny? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> he looks very irritated, AJ. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. When things don't go right, 
It just steam, just the steam. Okay. Well, well, AJ, you guys already answered this question, or we did not. We did not. We did. I literally didn't know how long it was going to take you to get. He thought, yeah. I he he hit that back. slide. He 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 pops right back and. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Vinny or Vinny, do you want to answer the question? Nope. No, I do not. Go ahead. Go ahead, AJ. Started off season uh, four and zero. Now he's four and three. So he's oh, he's struggling the last three weeks. Hurts come back from his bye. Should I be worried? Or keep the heart hot hands. Um, yeah, and, uh, and I don't, I don't, I don't think you're worried about Jalen Hurts. If if you're four and three, I, I I I find that hard to believe he's the reason. At least one of those weeks, he did enough to definitely get you winning. And he's his value is coming coming from his legs. He's going to run the ball. He's going to take some touchdowns deep down uh, in the red zone. Uh, that's a hot hand that you're keeping, unless you're trading him for another top five quarterback or something of that nature. Uh, you stay with that, and you find somewhere else to pivot. Yeah, totally agree. Top five quarterback on the year, uh, rushing abilities. Only had two games under twenty points. Uh, you got Jalen Hurts. That's your franchise guy. That's the guy you're riding with every week, no matter what. There's he's matchup proof um, until otherwise noted. Let's Welcome get into back, your, Yeah, fantastic. Let's get into your rankings here. Uh, your running backs, one through twelve. Your top twelve running backs: Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook. Round out your top six. You have Jonathan Taylor dropping to ten. Uh, this is no. This is well aware of the of the new quarterback news. You have him dropping to ten. How much is this about the quarterback, and how much is this about the fact that his usage just has been has been down down? Yeah, it's more about the injury than it is about the quarterback, to be honest. Um, I think the usage is down because I think he's still injured. I think that ankle injury is still something that's lingering, and we know how long it takes to come back from an ankle injury. Uh, the first week, he was a Thursday night game that he tried to said he might try to play in. He didn't. Um, then you go a week later, he plays, he gets 10 carries, but he didn't look right. And then, excuse me, um, this week, I think it's going to be the same thing. I think you're you're easing him back in. Um, sheer volume. Maybe he gets up to 15 touches today or this week, but I, I think he's still going to be touchdown dependent now for an offense that might not score a lot of touchdowns. Um, it's going to be tough sledding for Jonathan Taylor. Again, I'm giving him respect for being the running back that he was in 2021 by putting him in the top 10, but it would not shock me if he falls outside that top 10 this week. You got, you got Ken Walker uh, at 11. You got Ramondre Stevenson against the jets at 12. Uh, the, I guess my other question regarding the top 12, uh, before we move on, would be Aaron Jones against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football. He comes in at number nine. Um, AJ, let me get your reaction to that. What do you think about Aaron Jones at number nine? Uh, you know, this is uh, one of the things where I think this is for the for the Packers, the best way for them to attack Buffalo is the passing game with the running back. Uh, and what Aaron Jones was able to do last week, he actually made himself as normal, uh, very reliable. So uh, him at nine, I think he's going to get a lot of the work. You don't trust your receivers in a Romeo Dobbs. Christian Watson seems like he doesn't want to play in the NFL this season. Uh, maybe Sammy Watkins is back off IR, but is he going to be fully ready to go? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Alan Lazard went down as well. So you, you may not have the weapons that you need uh, to do anything else other than go to Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones has shown, despite people knowing if he's going to get the ball, that he's still a reliable target to put up some points, put up some yards, and move the ball officially. So uh, I'm okay with him being in nine. Uh, I think he falls into that area from nine to 12. I think he's definitely still a low-end RB1 this upcoming week. 
Yeah, I, I love Aaron Jones this week. Um, you mentioned the Alan Lazard injury. Who knows if he plays this week? Sammy Watkins, man, Sammy Watkins. Um, they don't have a receiving threat. It has to be Aaron Jones. Ten targets last week. This is what I expected to see from him really all season. I thought he could be the number one receiver there because of this reason. He only he caught nine balls and only went for 53 yards, but he did get him two of them in the end zone. I think he's going to see another 10 carries, another eight to 10 targets, and he'll put up RB1. I think he's a sure lock to be an RB1. Um, to be honest, I wanted to push him up a little bit higher, but I gave the respect to Buffalo's defense to say, you know what, they might focus on that and it might be a little bit tougher sledding. They might not score. He might not get in the end zone, which might make it tough for him to crack that top seven. But uh, I think he's a lock to be an RB1. This next group of running backs, your RB2s, you might laugh. You might get mad. I'm leaning more towards the mad side uh, because originally you had Austin Eckler in your rankings, forgetting that he was on a bye. So you said, bump, you said, just bump everyone up and let me decide uh, on who slots in at the RB24 spot. You also forgot Alvin Kamara exists and is playing the Las Vegas Raiders. So just because you forgot about him, I still wanted to throw his name in here. Obviously, you don't think he's going to be the RB24. Where do you think Alvin Kamara falls this week? And obviously the rankings will work out himself. This is a very fluid rankings list. It'll change a few times throughout the week. Um, but where should Alvin Kamara be uh, this week? Uh, yeah, obviously an oversight. Uh, Alvin Kamara is a top 10 running back. Um, this is what happens when I try to do rankings in a matter of yeah, yeah, 10, yeah. 15 minutes. It's tough. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Alvin Kamara is definitely um, in the top. I, I'd probably put him at six or seven um, this week against the Raiders. I, I think Alvin Kamara is a lock to be a top 10 running back for the rest of the year. I, I think I've said that a number of times. Uh, I told people to go and acquire him when he was down at the beginning of the season and injured, because I thought that was a good way to acquire uh, a top, a top guy. I went and traded Saquon Barkley, who's having a phenomenal year, but I also got some additional pieces with that to get Alvin Kamara. So that um, I, I think he's a lock. Just put him in your lineup. There's not real much conversation there. He's, going to get the volume and there, I think there still are better days for the saints offense ahead. And he really hasn't even broken through yet. Uh, but just the sheer volume alone makes him a very high floor guy. It's, it's somebody that you can really count on each and every week. Yeah. And the Raiders rush defenses has not been that great. Uh, Damian Pierce last week had a good day against them. Running backs have been uh, very fortunate against the Raiders uh, run defense. Uh, you had Austin Eckler originally at four and I was going to put him there. I was just going to swap Eckler and Camara, but, they're not my rankings, so I don't have the right to do that. Um, but the rest of your RB2s, David Montgomery, Ezekiel Elliott, Damian Pierce, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Raheem Mostert are 13 through 18 here. Uh, I guess the biggest names would have to be Chuba Hubbard, just to dive into him um, a little bit. I know we're talking about him in a, in a, uh, later on in the show, uh, but what do you expect from Chuba Hubbard this week against Atlanta? Um, yeah, I, I expect him to, if, if the ankle's okay, barring, you know, something them coming out and saying that it's not okay, I expect him to get most of the work. I think he's a little bit better than Deontay Foreman. Um, in the passing game, just more versatile. Uh, I like what he can offer. I, and I think the opportunities 
will be there because they're going to have to run the football. They're not a very good offense. I think by allowing him to run the football, they have a chance to, um, he might have a chance to crack that kind of flex RB2. We know RBs are down. Uh, the Falcons aren't bad against running backs, though. I will say that, that they're they're a pretty good team against running backs, only allowing averaging about 18 to 19 points to the running back position, which is good for top 10. Um, but they're also a bad football team. And if Carolina can keep that game close. They'll have opportunities to run the football instead of having to pass. We know this game will happen quick uh, because Atlanta also wants to run the football. So I could see both quarterbacks combining for 20 pass attempts in this one. So a lot of running back uh, opportunities in this one for both teams. AJ, what do you think? What do you think about that? What do you think about? uh, Stop listening when you said Atlanta was a bad team. Oh my God! Oh, Jesus! Here we Jesus. go. With these emotions again. <laughs> no, no. Um, honestly, uh, yeah, with Chuba Hubbard is definitely the guy in that backfield. But as we saw, they're going to give Deontay Foreman the touches, and he has the potential to break one. Uh, it, it honestly happened just about exactly as I said last week, except they gave the touchdown to Hubbard right after, so there was no need to. Uh, one has the hot hand because they both ran. They all ran the ball pretty well. Um, and, yeah, I know they're going to start P.J. Walker regardless of who's healthy, they said. But I don't know if that means they're going to let him loose and just let him throw the ball everywhere. So uh, I do expect a run-heavy game from both sides. And maybe Marcus Mariota will do what he did two weeks ago and, you know, complete every pass for about seven and a yeah. half yards and then run a couple touchdowns in. We'll show you what <laughs> of bad High hopes. High, high hopes. Let's go to the wide receiver position. I mean, it, wide receiver. I, mean uh, I was going to say it could be either one. Like it, if they do, if, if Chuba's hurt or they do lean on Deontay Foreman, that easily could be him that slides yeah. in that, in that spot. And I think we'll get to that a little bit later when we get to my waiver wires. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go over to your wide receivers. Uh, your wide receiver ones here, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, and welcome back, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, surprise, surprise. We, last week we were questioning, well, not questioning, but we were waiting to see if he'd kind of resume his role in this Arizona Cardinals offense. He had every bit of it and more. Uh, he now comes back in, slots as a top six wide receiver. Um, Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill have huge matchups this week. Uh, but AJ, there's a wide receiver on this list. Is there a wide receiver on this list? Nope. He's your next. Nope. Damn it. Uh, yep. It's, okay. it's in the next group. Um, Jamar chase at 10 is my question for you, Aaron, uh, because after a big week from Joe Burrow, uh, it's not a question as in too low or too high. It's, uh, too low to me. Um, after a big week with Joe Burrow last, uh, on Sunday against uh, who did they play? The they play the Falcons. Oh, they play the Falcons. Um, after that, oh, that big trash week, team. yeah. After that big week, you have him at ten. Um, any thoughts on moving him up at all? What's what went into hit putting him in at ten? He's a, a surefire, always going to be a wide receiver one, but he don't put up those numbers every week. I mean, he's had two weeks in a row that have been good. Just before that, he went seven for fifty, four for eighty-one. Six for 29. Uh, the thing with Cincinnati is it could be T. Higgins. It could be Tyler Boyd. It could be Jamar Chase. Uh, obviously, Jamar Chase has the highest upside, so he's always going to be ranked the highest because that floor is pretty good. But I can't bank on him going for two touchdowns. And and both and two of those, to be fair, like he had eight catches, 130. 
two of those were like long passes. Like he took them in from a distance. So, which he does have the capability of doing, but there's always regression. There's always like regressing to the means and understanding that that those things are going to happen. Um, it's not a, it's not a knock on Jamar chase because I have him at 10. It's just, there are other guys that I like the matchups better. Um, that I, I feel have better opportunities because they're either the only guy that's going to see targets or again, the matchup's just better. Okay. Who's your favorite wide receiver from the wide receiver one group? Oh, it's a tie between Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Start them both. They're going to, they might, I'm not joking here. This might be like it was week, what, one. three, two, where against Baltimore, right? Well, yeah. Where they were end up one, two, it might be. My, yeah, might, might be, be one, two again. Yeah, be that. Yep. Yeah, whatever I said, it might be that. They might be one. Two again. <laughs> that, yeah. All right. Well, let's go to your wide receiver. Yeah. I, I never here. know. I never know where I cut off at, so I never know. I know. I uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's well, fair. It's fair. <laughs> Wide receiver twos here, Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, and Brandon Cooks are your 13 through 18. But AJ, it's wide receiver 22 on this list that has you uh, thinking. Yeah, it's Aaron's guy. It's Aaron's guy, man. Chris Olave. He's not anything. He's not going to be good. He's an Ohio State wide receiver. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but 22, I mean, this uh, – I give it. I'll give you the fact that yes, he's been a wide receiver too for a lot of weeks, but he is probably the most consistent wide receiver too in that group, in my opinion, from this season. Uh, there's only there has there's been week one that he wasn't a double digit wide receiver, and you look at this wide receiver group, we don't know if Michael Thomas is ever going to play football again. Probably not for the Saints. Uh, Jarvis Landry still banged up. Traquan Smith made uh, made some headway last year. Last week, Marquez Callaway may be traded by then. So you have Chris Olave, you have Alvin Kamara, and Jawan Johnson possibly to take away touchdowns. But other than that, Chris Olave has been nothing short of very, 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 very good. Very, 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 very reliable. 14 targets last week, uh, 106 yards. I, I like him against Arizona. Uh, I'm sorry, against Las Vegas, who's I think middle of the pack, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for their secondary to have himself another great day. So uh, I'm liking Chris Olave. I think he can fire with confidence, and I think he'll probably come in higher than 22 this week. Um, can you put my list up? Um, I don't see one player that Chris Olave is better than on that list above him. Um, you can argue he's been better. Yeah, he's had more opportunities. That's fair. I can I can argue it's that this season. No, I, I mean, I'm giving you that. Like, I, I, I'm saying, like, I could say that, yeah, he's he's had more opportunities. He's the only player there. Is he going to get peppered with targets? Sure. Uh, but I also think he has the lowest floor. If you look at those guys, I, I the floor of those other guys, I've seen it in year in, year out. Like, it's not something that I, I think outside of maybe Brandon Ayuk, who might have a, a floor similar to Chris Olave, uh, I, I tend to be very consistent with this. I like high floors and I don't like taking risks on players that I know I have to start. If you want to get into the flex category and you got a chance between a high floor guy and a high upside guy, sure. You want to take the high upside guy. I'm okay with that. Uh, but we were talking about your wide receiver too. I think you most, in most people's case, they have to have certainty they're getting points. 
Um, and when you have a quarterback controversy like the like the Saints have in Jameis or Dalton, uh, you don't know which offense is going to show up. They're not going to be able to do what they did maybe against Arizona. Maybe the Raiders control the clock with the run game. Uh, I, I just think there's more variables that require Chris Olave, uh, that Chris Olave has to rely upon that are beyond his control. Uh, but outside of that, he should see a ton of volume. Uh, barring any of those receivers coming back. And he should be a good play, which is why he's a wide receiver too for me. Uh, I just like some guys that have higher floors, in my opinion, uh, a little bit more. I think I think you could possibly slot him over. I, I like the Brandon, I, I think Brandon Ayuk and Christian Kirk are the two wide receivers that like the floor is a little bit more questionable. Um, but I would also have probably those two wide receivers um, over them. Let's change it over to the quarterback position. Your top 12 quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tungavailoa, and Joe Burrow, your week seven fantasy winner here. Um, that's your top six. And then you got Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Geno, and Daniel Jones rounding out your top 12. AJ, it's Kirk Cousins that it's Kirk Cousins that does it for you this week, huh? <laughs> Which is so wild to say. Uh, now let me check. He's not playing primetime, is he? I I, I might have overlooked that. No, <laughs> no, he's not playing primetime. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I actually just I just think he's a good play this week. Um, and actually, you might be able to find him. He had a bye last week, and the week before that, he only threw for 175 yards. So his fantasy day looked better because he had two touchdowns. But if people were looking close, they might have felt like he's on a downdrop. But uh, I think he's got a good uh, good matchup this week against Arizona, 27th-ranked pass defense, uh, and he's got studs all over the field that he can throw the ball to. Uh, I really like I really like Kirk Cousins this week. I could also be hoping to talk this into existence because in the league that I had <laughs> Russell Wilson, I had I found him on the waiver wire, and I was like, oh, give me that. I'm going I'm to go ahead and run this. So, uh, And then you talk about the other side. You see how high – uh, Aaron has Kyler Murray ranked against Minnesota's defense. This may be a game that Kirk Cousins has to throw a little bit more often. And besides last week, he hasn't thrown for less than 220 yards at all this season. So uh, uh, I'm looking to have ourselves a pretty decent uh, tossing match in the Arizona-Minnesota game. And hopefully Kirk Cousins will be a benefactor, a, benef- a beneficiary of a lot of fantasy teams this week for that. So you're not, you're not just, you're not necessarily saying that he's, going to be higher than nine I, you just like him i mean well you look you know i'll say this like it, I, I i like him more than i like tom brady this week i mean that's again, the biggest now, that's the biggest question mark to me is tom brady this week obviously baltimore is not uh their their defense has not been that great this year but tom brady has not been fantasy great uh <laughs> tom brady hasn't been great this year um in terms of fantasy production um aaron your your thoughts on brady and cousins this week Great thoughts. Uh, well, <laughs> outside of one week, outside of one week, Kirk Cousins hasn't been in the top five in quarterbacks. Uh, he's actually been pretty down compared to what Kirk Cousins normally is um, as far as as far as consistency and scoring. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's not throwing as many touchdowns. If you look at him this year compared to years in the past, like it's just not as for whatever reason, the volume just doesn't seem to be there like it was before. Um, I'm not saying I put him in my top 10. So like, I think Kirk Cousins is a good fantasy option. I just don't know. You can trust Kirk Cousins enough to be consistent enough 
to to put them any higher than I have them uh, from a rankings perspective. And yes, there are guys like Tom Brady that hasn't lived up to the Tom Brady hype. And this is a matchup thing. He's got a good matchup on Thursday night. Worst, one of the worst pass defenses, uh, given up to fantasy points at least. Uh, bottom seven, I believe, um, pass defense, giving up over 20 fantasy points to the quarterback position in Baltimore. I do think that Tampa Bay has no running game, so they have to throw a lot. This is about volume for me uh, with Tom Brady then more so than anything. And I just believe one of these days he has to break out of it. It's not due to the lack of weapons with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both healthy. Still got Russell Gage healthy. You got Kate Otten, who's starting to play a little bit better at tight end. You still got Leonard Fournette. It's just about the offensive line and being able to punch the ball in the end zone, which is something they haven't done very many times this year. So it's an accurate assessment to say you have some concerns but he also last game was the first time he didn't throw a touchdown pass he's thrown over 40 times every game this year since week three uh so the volume and opportunity is there and i like that perspective um i think ultimately he breaks out of it he's had a couple of games um both week four and week five where he was top five in quarterback play or top five or six in quarterback play and i think that he's this is one of those games for him um, but Kirk Cousins is who he is. He's going to slot somewhere between nine and 13, just about every week of every NFL season for the rest of his career. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you go back to the start of October, I mean, Brady, Brady started the first two weeks of October playing well, 351 yards and a touchdown, uh, and then 385 yards and three touchdowns, uh, those two first weeks of October. So, I mean, maybe Brady can get back to that. Um, but as of right now, Brady at seven, Kirk Cousins at nine, uh, let's shift over to the tight end position. Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Pat Fryermuth, Kyle Pitts back again, and Robert Tunyon round out your top six. No Travis Kelsey this week, so Mark Andrews does t- does take that that top spot as the number one tight end on your rankings. But let's just let's just do it. Let's talk Kyle Pitts here. Uh, another tough week for him last week. <laughs> AJ, yeah, victory lap for AJ there. David and Joku, even with getting hurt, I think had a better fantasy day uh, yeah. than Kyle Pitts. He still slots in at your number five spot, Aaron. Is this more of you're just not going to put anyone above him because the, you, the talent of Kyle Pitts, or what? What? What is keeping you with Kyle Pitts as a top five, top six tight end? So the only person I would think about putting him there above him would be Tyler Higby. The only one I kind of forgot about um, and how important he is to that offense. And I just put, I threw him a couple slots bottom, but no, I'm not putting any of those guys, other guys over Kyle Pitts. It's just not happening. Um, definition so it's of more about the talent around the, the rest of the talent at the tight end position versus the talent of Kyle Pitts. Yeah. The tight ends suck. If you're like, I told you without, when you look at that list right now, it's absolutely atrocious because the only sure thing in the world is Travis Kelsey. It's the only sure thing in the world. Um, Mark Andrews is a close second, but everybody else is, there's no sure thing. Uh, I, I don't like any point of those four points from 0.40 points from Mark Andrews this week. Yeah. He had more rushing yards than receiving yards. So yeah. like that, that, that tells you, um, no, just like, come on. Are you, are you pleading for Robert Tunyon to be ahead of him? Like, I mean, yeah, maybe he does finish ahead of him, especially this week with all the injuries, but that three for 32 that Robert Tunyon had was not that special either. Um, there's, there's, there's just not there's not a lot there. And I'm always going to take the upside and the, the thought process of somebody's going to get it right. When you're talking about a position that has no – these guys have no floors. None of these tight ends have high floors. None. Zero. Tyler Higby is probably the highest. It's the only guy I can justify really putting him above Kyle Pitts. 
from a, from having a floor perspective. So you're just throwing darts. And if I'm going to throw darts, I'm throwing darts to the best talent. And the best talent is Kyle Pitts. I, I throw a dart at Evan Ingram over Kyle Pitts right now. Um, cool, right? That there's nothing wrong with it. Like it's yeah. So hey, who would you let's let's do what we did before. Let's do, let's do what we did before. Who do you have over Kyle Pitts? I understand why you have him. Like I get it. I do. It's the talent. I get it. But this is the third game. Would have been fourth at three point nine fantasy points. Evan Ingram has double digits the last three weeks. Uh, so what? You can't trust Hunter Henry this week. I, that, I think Irv Smith might be better this week. That, but that like, can change. But so, so the thing is, is you're you're doing what I always say is funny. You're just looking at the last three weeks. Just take the whole season. No, just take not what, even just the last three weeks. I mean, the whole season. Yes, Evan Ingram has been better than Kyle Pitts. Evan Ingram's wide receiver tight end like eighteen or nineteen on the season. Understandable. Kyle uh, Pitts is, is tight end twenty two. Like they're right there. Lot, they're literally. I mean, I, yeah, but I mean, there's also not a lot of tight ends. I mean, like, but, but that's so, my but that's he, my point. I know, and and I've already said I get it. I get it. But if you want to go, let's look at the whole season. Let's not just look at the last three weeks on this guy and take the whole season on that guy. Let's take the whole season on Kyle Pitts. And what Kyle Pitts is telling you he's going to be is three point nine fantasy points, and then an outlier when they. I mean, like, granted, again, and then the other argument I had from Sunday. They were down big and threw the ball 13 times. Like, they're not throwing the ball. So not only is he not going to be able to produce, he's not getting the opportunity to produce because they're not giving them the opportunity. They're not giving them the passes. They're not giving them the targets. He led the team in targets and receptions and still put up 3.9 points. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with outside of one game – uh, in the past four weeks, seeing three targets, he's had four more targets in every game. I'm okay with understanding that the volume is not going to be there for Kyle Pitts right now. I'm okay with that. But I'm also understanding that if Kyle Pitts sees five targets, I'd rather have five targets of Kyle Pitts than five targets of Evan Ingram. They may not connect, and it may not play out that way. But I'm still, every day of the week, if you told me Pitts was getting five and Ingram's getting five, who you taking? I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. I don't care. Like the thing that <laughs> the thing that the thing that you guys like. I'm stubborn about this. Is I don't care about like what the week before happened. Like you can look at Kyle Pitts go 3.9, 3.9, 3.9, and every week you can look at that and say, well, this week I just wouldn't start him. And then the week after he goes for 30 because he has a 30 point game in him and Evan Ingram doesn't. The week that he goes for 30, the very next week, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna rank Kyle Pitts in your top five and be like, yeah, you got to start Kyle Pitts. And, but you didn't, but then <laughs> you missed out on that 30 point game. Yeah. That's the difference is I'm not willing to miss out on a 30 point game from a tight end when there's only about three or four tight ends in the entire league that can get you 30 points. He's one of them. Evan Ingram's not. So I am not willing to miss out on that to go make sure I get 10 points from Evan Ingram. That's I'll just stick with my five or six from Kyle Pitts and, and make up four points somewhere else. Like that's, just my logic. I, I don't want, I don't care that Evan Ingram can get me 10 points. I got it from Kate Otten, who's not on my team. I got it from every other random ass tight end that's out there. I want the guy that's going to give me the production that could actually win me a week. Because in most cases, the tight ends are not deciding whether you win or lose. They are not. But he's also not the guy giving you the production, though. That That's the issue. 
That's I'm not, you're not listening. I'm not asking for, I'm asking for who has the guy, who has the upside. Is Evan Ingram going to have a 30 point week? Can he do it? Not in Jacksonville, but he, <laughs> wow. it doesn't matter who he's on. I don't think Evan Ingram's had a 30 point week in his career. Like my know. point is Kyle, Kyle Pitts could go eight catches, hundred yards and two touchdowns. And we wouldn't think anything of it. I Should would, I trade I away Mike Evans up. and Jerry Judy for Derrick Henry in a PPR league? E, what are your? It depends what the wide receiver core looks like, um, but I'm yeah. on the I'm on the side of yes. You better be deep at receiver. You better be. Oh. I, I hope you're deep at receiver. <laughs> no, he must have <laughs> must have just tuned in. I've been on this for a long time, buddy. Michael Thomas does not play football. Uh, he quit football in 2019. Um, Michael Thomas. So no, dead. I thought he was talking about the one on the on the Bengals. Oh, is there a Michael bad. Thomas was, on the Bengals? That's a thing. Mike Thomas is what they call him. Mike Thomas. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 Oh, yeah. There was right. yeah. a little clarity. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Trade him. Oh, trade him. Trade him. Send it right now. Send it right now. You are. I send Mike Evans and Jerry Judy for Derrick Henry. Yeah. You have. You're good enough with Olave, Pittman, Waddle, and Smith. Send it. For yeah. sure. Get yourself some running back. Yeah. You better you better accept the, that deal before he, take, do. before he takes yeah, it off right? the table. He might be watching yep. too. Like, oh shit, what am I doing? Ah uh, <laughs> uh, shit. Oh shit. We appreciate yeah, we appreciate the uh especially with Michael Thomas out. Um and Chris Olave is just like I said, he's gonna get peppered with targets. Eat worst case scenario, he's wide wide receiver two for the rest of the season. You have Pittman a wide receiver two, Olave a wide receiver two, Waddle a borderline one, and then Devontae yeah. Smith is a, a wide receiver two. You're good in that sense. Uh, take that deal real real quick. Yeah. Take it and run. Super yeah. C, two, take it and run. We appreciate uh, the, the comment here. Be sure to subscribe and uh, share the show. Let's get into our week eight waiver wire ads, the must ads. And Aaron, I'm going to give it all out in one foul swoop here, one shot. Graphics popping up here, and you broke not one, but two rules here. <laughs> but you say you can because it's your waiver wires. You got a quarterback on this list, and you have a guy who's rostered in more than 30, more than 50% of leagues into onto Foreman. But this is your waiver wire list Sam Ellinger, DeAndre Carter, Greg Dolchich, Deontay Foreman, Shuba Hubbard. That is your list. Um, what are those percentages? Those are ava- available in sleeper leagues. Okay. So okay. Sam Ellinger is available in 100%. DeAndre Carter is available in 90%. Greg Dolchich. He changes it every week. It, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, last week you have what is roster percentage. We was. didn't even do it last week, you clown. We didn't even do it last week. We yeah, didn't do waiver wires last week. He, well, one no, of those we just wanted to at the last moment. It was Latavius Murray. And, I'm pretty uh, sure we did do it, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I think you talk calling somebody a clown. We did do it last week, but either <laughs> way, time. in previous <laughs> weeks, you, three-hour show. In previous weeks, you have put rostered, not actual. No, I like, haven't. I've been doing it the same way because it's what I do at CBS. I do it it's the same important. way every time, oh, bro. Not even this important. dude. This dude. Tell this us your tell us your reasons. I, I, I don't even know. Your know. Waivers. <laughs> We're. It's all good family fun here. We enjoy uh, ripping up. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I think I, I think Vinny is the funniest kid alive. 
Uh, can you put my waivers back up there so I can see it? It's wrong. You have to look. You have to find your own waivers now. It's wrong. You oh have to. It, it, you, I can't he's do like, it. Hey, Sorry. bro. He's like a female, bro. He's just like a female. Don't be a female. We're all about equality here. Please subscribe. <laughs> Females are allowed on the show too, Vinny. Um, That's true. Yeah, I did break my rule. I put a quarterback on there. Um, I more so did that for conversation. I'll be honest. I'm not fond of Sam Ellinger, but I do like the rushing upside that he had. And Matt Ryan would stick in there somewhere around quarterback 15 to 20 on most of my weeks. So if you're playing in a two quarterback league, it's probably not a lot of options out there. Go get you a guy that has some, a little bit of mobility. Uh, why not? I also put a tight end on this list, which I normally don't like doing, but uh, I like what I saw from Greg Dulcich. Um, yeah. In the action that I've seen. And that really was without Russell Wilson uh, for this past game, nine targets on the day went six for 51. Maybe he should be in my top 10. Maybe I could pick him over Kyle Pitts now uh, since he had better <laughs> weeks. Um, I'm just saying like, this is what we do now. We just re react. So Greg Dulcich over Kyle Pitts guys, if you got Kyle Pitts, trade him straight up for Greg Dulcich, go find the person who picks up Greg Dulcich and makes that trade right away. But he des definitely deserves to be on this waiver wire list. Um, Cause I did like what I saw from him. And then a couple of the other guys, the Carolina running backs are both on there because either one of them, whoever ends up being the guy could be the guy. So if you have enough fab and you want to put money on both of them, do it if they're available. Um, I'm not sure what Dante Foreman's roster percentage was before the trade for Christian McCaffrey. I, I don't think it was that high. So maybe the trade for Christian McCaffrey, people went out and picked him up, which could have altered the uh, roster percentage because I don't think people uh, had Deontay Foreman before that. Yo, I need some advice. What's up, Wavy? What you got for us? We're listening. Let us know in the comments. We'll give you all the advice you need. Um, DeAndre Carter, and I know he's on a bye week, but he is a part of this offense with the Chargers. I like him in deeper leagues. I think he's an explosive player. He works around the line of scrimmage a lot in the slot. Justin Herbert obviously throws the ball a lot, and now Mike Williams is out. Keenan Allen's still battling those injuries. I know they have a bye this week, but be sure to try to go out and get DeAndre Carter. Also, who's not on this list, Josh Palmer, another guy. If he's available, go at him now. Um, Mike Williams is going to be out. So, um, ooh, ooh. Ooh. Um, well, you're, you're, you're giving your answer right there. If you need a running back badly, um, I might try to get a little bit more for Tyreek. Um, if somebody's not buying the whole Alvin Kamara as a top five guy thing, uh, maybe you can get a, a back end running back or something as, as well, or, um, or a back end, a back end wide receiver for that matter. Uh, somebody you can kind of fill in for Tyreek, but if you're deep at wide receiver, it's a no brainer. If you're not, um, then I would try to squeeze a little bit more out of them. But ultimately, if you're if you're shallow at the running back, you're going to have to take it. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you can do that straight up. Like if they're prying on your desperation, then it's different. Like he's saying, but I don't know that you do that straight up yet. Kamara, he, he's he's getting that on some name value as well. And Kamara's going to start trending up. But if you're doing it now, like I, I would I would be trying to get a little extra as well. Appreciate yeah, I think it matters what running backs you have. Yeah. 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 Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to the show. We appreciate the comment. We, uh, we're here for everybody. Uh, oh, and well, got to go with all reliable in this question. Thoughts on adding Jermichael Hasty? Okay. Stop. Got it. 
<laughs> Got it. All right. Yes. Well, honestly, uh, honestly, you should. You should go. You should go. Oh. Sanders and Clyde. His wide receivers are Godwin, Keenan Allen, and Tyreek Hill. I don't know if I make that trade. I don't know if I make that trade. I don't think I make that trade. You got to get more out of that. You got yeah. you got to get more out of that. Tyreek Hill is your best no, wide receiver. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I I think I think you you ask for more. Um, if you can get an additional piece, if you really want to get a wide receiver in that deal, you want to get Alvin Kamara and blank, whatever flex wide receiver, or you, you get uh, Tyree kill or uh, yeah, Alvin Kamara, whatever back receiver, whatever flex wide receiver three ish that you could get back. Um, I'm assuming you're playing in a shallower league because if you only have Sanders and CEH, it probably means you have a shallow league, which means there are there is some talent on the waiver wire at the wide receiver position. So I would that that matters as well. I'm gonna be honest, I probably do the deal. Um, regardless of if he doesn't give you more, I'd probably do the deal. Godwin and Keenan, Keenan healthy is going to be a wide receiver, a back end wide receiver one to a high end RB, a wide receiver two. Godwin's a wide receiver two. And there's going to be some sort of wide receiver depth on your waiver wire if you're playing in a shallower league. And it looks like, based upon you giving just those five names, that it is a shallower league. It means you probably don't have many roster spots, and there's probably guys on the waiver wire that are valuable right now at the wide receiver position. Yep. That would be my assessment. Yep. There you go. There you go. Yep, we appreciate the comment, Wavy. Be sure to subscribe for more fantasy advice. We got you covered to win your leagues this year. Um, let's uh, recap your waivers one more time. Sam Ellinger, DeAndre Carter, Greg Dolchich, Deonta Foreman, and Chuba Hubbard round out your top five waiver wire ads this week. I love you, Vinny. Love you too, buddy. Uh, that does it, though, for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. We'll be back again live on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time uh, with football coverage talking about our Week 8 power rankings. See where your team ranks this uh, this week on Aaron's, uh, on Aaron's list. A lot of movement has been happening in the past few weeks, and I expect a lot more uh, on Wednesday when we dive into your Week 8 power rankings. And it's also our Thursday night preview. We've got the Ravens and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Uh, we'll be previewing that game as well but until then be sure uh aj actually I'll, I'll give you the golden pipes on this one oh true that we can do that hey ladies gentlemen thank you late night chilling with the fantasy boys at sack city pod on facebook twitter instagram youtube and tiktok uh i see some of y'all have subscribed appreciate you wavy appreciate you super cmb challengers uh go ahead and tell your friends because if you don't spread the love we hear you that's what we about in the city we spread the love so hit it Hit the subscribe, hit the notifications at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the Ticket Talk. Your boys are here back in town Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Don't, don't forget Sunday. Don't forget Sunday. The last time I yeah, said Sunday, our big he, was all like, he was all like, hey, you're taking my this job. Fantasy you're show. Not we got to be about Sunday. Sunday. So, uh, well, I mean, if you're going to no, 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 say that's, that's, that's not what he said. <laughs> That's not what he said. He said, because you said, we'll be here tomorrow. Like we were promoting the next show. No, 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 That's no, no, Vinny's no. job. No, 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 no. It was like, it was like a week ago when I was like, make sure to get well, with us on but, Sunday but the, for the, pigskins and pancakes the, at 11 a.m. Like, the point hey, being is that yes, you're going to Yes, that was the Friday show. 
if you're going to do it, you also should do it correctly, which you didn't. Leave it to me. We're here every Monday, every Sunday through Friday, live on YouTube at the Sac City Pod. We're live at 12 noon on Sundays now, giving you our fantasy coverage, getting you set to win your weeks. There is no place you should be other than the city, be a part of Sac City. Until Wednesday, for my best friend Aaron Mukes. Before your boy AJ Johnson. I am me. We'll see you then. He's out. Holla. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs>